Sup, y'all, and welcome to Press On Sports. I'm Jack Vita. Thank you so much to everyone who's been checking us out lately. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we're actually on iTunes now, so uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe. Check us out today. It's going to be a neat little show that we got last week. Had a lot of fun talking baseball. Finally, finally getting into some baseball with Jordan Morandini. Today, I've got Evan Myers back. We are going to look back on the NCAA tournament. We're going to look ahead to the Masters a little bit. I'm so excited to get into golf, man. I love golf. And then also some first impression stuff on baseball in the first. It hasn't even been a full week, but uh, I'm sure we'll have some overreactions uh, to get to. So without much further ado, Evan Myers, how <laughs> How's are you doing? doing? Good, Jack. How you doing, man? I'm good. Evan, how many times have you listened to One Shining Moment over the last <laughs> 24 hours? Probably only about three or four. I've gone back and listened okay. to it. But yeah, you know, it, that's... What of the new one, to, right? The new oh, one. Oh yeah, the new one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what me you look too. forward to though, right? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Such it's so great, isn't it? It's just goosebumps every time. So Evan, you heard uh we're on iTunes now. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Jack. <laughs> hey, I mean I can do it without you. People have been clamoring, they want more Evan. I don't know about that. But <laughs> I think people want Jordan back, too. Hey, let's get him, man. Yeah. So next week, uh, I'm going to have both you guys, and we're going to do an NBA show. Ooh. Yeah. That should be fun. Yeah. So we'll, maybe we can touch on – you want to do some award stuff then? Talk NBA awards, yeah. maybe? Yeah, that'd be good. Mainly preview the NBA playoffs. Right. Playoffs are fast approaching. Yeah, but today we're going to focus on college basketball one last time. We're going to give it its one shining moment. <laughs> it deserves it, right? It does. How much NBA have you even watched over the last few weeks compared to college? A uh, very small amount. <laughs> to be honest, it's been all college <laughs> for probably the last month or two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've watched some NBA, but definitely... Right. It's college season right now. It you got to give college what it is. It is. So. And to me, it you know, I love the playoffs and everything. We got that coming up. But the tournament is the best sporting event in the whole – in all sports. All of sports, I agree. I'd say my two favorite playoffs, I would go NCAA tournament and, you know what I would say? You're talking baseball? Yeah, World Series. Yeah. <laughs> Something special about October. There is something special about that. So, and at this time, I should also congratulate the winner of the Press on Sports March Madness pool. Yeah, who, who we got for that one? Chase Beebe. Wow. He picked Congrats, Vill- Chase. We actually had four people pick Villanova over Michigan. Wow. <laughs> four <laughs> out of like 34 people. Um, it's also worth noting that I finished last. <laughs> I tied with Lucas Dykstra for last place. Okay. Didn't get any Final Four teams, Evan. Man. It it sounded so promising the last time we talked hoops, well, didn't last it? Last time we were on, yeah, you had you had quite a bit moving forward. <laughs> it looked pretty pretty good for you. Man, that I mean that Grayson Allen uh missed shot. Oh man. Really did me in. Yeah. Inches away from moving on. 
inches away from moving on. So here's the uh, here's the leaderboard. Uh, Chase BB in first place. I'm going to give the mentions to. I mean, we had a lot of people pick Villanova, but I'm going to give the shouts to the four members of our pool who picked Nova over Michigan because that's really impressive, impressive feat. Uh, so that's Chase BB. Second, we had a tie in second place. Um, Jamie Hill and Jordan Atwater. Wow. And then <laughs> Jamie's girlfriend Emma Pachorki finished fourth place. How about that? <laughs> so, and you guys hey, all know more about college basketball than Jack and I. Yeah, because <laughs> we were the ones that said, "Do not pick Michigan," and look right. how far Michigan got. Right. Survive in advance. Survive in advance. All right, Evan, where should we start with this game last night? Uh, we could just go right into it. Okay. Yeah, Let's you want to do it? What you want to talk? You want to talk about hot start of Michigan at the beginning of that game? Um, well, I guess let's let's go with the lead. Okay. And the lead is Villanova winning their second national championship in three years, and I mean it it wasn't very uh, it wasn't very much of a nail biter down the stretch there, but really yeah, the big story being Dante Divincenzo. Yeah, balling out. <laughs> He's he's a player. I mean, he's he's a big time player, and he's had big time games like this um, against Alabama. Put up, I can't remember how many it was, but maybe twenty one in the first half or so. Um, and that's that's what's so fun about this team is he's been able to step up. We've seen Brunson step up at times, Bridges, and to, uh, you know, last night was Divincenzo's night. Yeah, they. I mean, you and I, we said it before the tournament. This is what we say the most complete team in college basketball. Yep, we did. Yeah, and I think they showed it last night. They showed it throughout the tournament. They they really opinion. did. Yeah, they never had a close game. Right. I mean, Press Virginia made things a little interesting there, yeah. and that was really the that's where I had them losing. I had them losing to Wichita State. Okay. But no one really proved to be a challenge against them past that game. No. And I, you know, I think it's, I mean, they came up against pretty much anything. They came against a good press with West Virginia. I thought that would have been a stumbling block for them. Yeah. Um, you know, they played a stellar point guard with Colin Sexton in Alabama and then Keenan Evans in Texas Tech. Um, and then they played, you know, a a good three point shooting team in Kansas and then a team that likes to control the pace in Michigan and they were able to prevail in all of them. Yep. Absolutely. Evan, do we agree this this was the best team in college basketball this year? The best team won, right? Yeah, the best team won, definitely. Yeah, uh, definitely I mean, most throughout. dominant. Yeah, and you know, I there weren't any great teams this year, and I it's it's hard for me to not call Villanova great right now after what we we've seen in this tournament. But two titles um, in three years, yeah, and two titles in three That's years. That's greatness, you know? right? Yeah, I think they're I think they're right up there with the Blue Bloods now. I think you got to put Jay Wright's name with uh, Coach Williams and and Coach K and uh, Cal, and I think he's one of the best to do it right now, just because he's been able to take basically two different starting lineups. Um, now, granted, they did have Brunson both both times, but took two different lineups all the way to the Final Four, won the championship with them, and he's able to adapt whenever. You know, West Virginia throws a press at them, or um, they face a, a tough team like Kansas or Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I definitely <laughs> agree with you. I yeah. mean, I can't disagree there. I think 
Also, if we're going to talk coaches, we got to talk John Beeline yeah. and what he accomplished getting this team that both of us were doubting throughout the regular season. Like going back to Big Ten play, we were – I mean, what did you say about Michigan coming into the year, Evan? I'm curious. <laughs> coming into the year, I, I actually looked back at this. I can't remember right off the top of my head, but I had them outside the top 25. Um, and I had them sitting out there until – probably the start of March, honestly. Yeah, that's um, so, fair. You know, just to go back a month ago, they they weren't, in my opinion, a top 25 team. Now, I know they were in the polls and everything. Um, a lot of that, I think, based off of record. But just looking at them, I didn't think that they would have been a team that we would have said is going to make the Final Four a month ago. Yep. I mean, we said two, three weeks ago, we cautioned people don't pick Michigan. Yeah. I think we were, we weren't wrong in our thinking 100%. In terms of cautioning people? Yeah. Because look at the way they played against Montana. Look at the way they played against um, Houston. That was a game that Mm -hmm. they maybe should not have won. I mean, we said neither team should have won that game. (laughs) Right. Neither team should have won the Montana-Michigan game. That was pretty brutal. And then um, going along the path, I mean, they blew out A&M. That was the best showing I saw from them. They shot so well. They shot the three ball really well in that game. Yeah, that was like, holy smokes. Yeah. That was. And then um, who? there was another game in there, Elite they Eight. Florida, Florida State. State. Yeah. Yep. Another game that could have almost slipped out of their grasp with the free throw shooting. Yeah. And then, I mean, look at this path. They played, to get to a national championship, the highest seed they played was a six seed. So a lot of the heavy lifting was done for them. Now, that I'm not discrediting them for that. Am I right. by saying that? No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm on the same mindset as you. I don't know if, I don't know. I mean, they made the championship game. They made the final four. It is survive and advance. Um but like you said, I mean, the best team they beat seed-wise was Houston on yeah. their way, and they won on a, a on a last-second three-point shot. Yeah, and missed free throws from the other side. Yeah, exactly. If, honestly, Evan, if Michigan had the lead in the last minute there, it could have been the other way around where Michigan is missing free throws and then Rob Gray is hitting a big shot. And in an alternate reality, Houston <laughs> makes it all the way to the championship. Yeah. Rob Gray becomes a first-round pick in the NBA draft. I mean, it's all, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm too far outside of the realm of possibility in saying Rob Gray could have had, I don't know, if a Kemba Walker-type run, but, you know, something along those a lines. A Wagner-type run. Yeah, where all of a yeah. sudden everyone is like, oh, this guy can play. And I, I think, I don't know, I really think the nation doesn't know what they missed out on with a Rob Gray run. I know I'm, I've been hyping this guy up a lot, <laughs> but I really liked what I saw out of him. Yeah, that would have been fun. I mean, I really think, I thought Loyola was going to get into that championship game watching that first half. I did too, yeah. Yeah. And the second half, they, they were up probably, what, seven or eight with about 13 minutes to go. I mean, it yeah. looked like they had the, the game under control. And I think the story from that game, now that's a game where you have to give big time credit to Mo Wagner because that oh, dude yeah. just, like you were texting me, he played like a lottery pick, right? He did. He was yeah. balling out. I mean, he was, you know, dominating down low, stepping out and hitting his three consistently. Um, yeah, he looked like 
you know, Markkinen or uh, anyone like that, really, that was able to dominate inside and outside. Loyola tried to go small, and then yep. Wagner made him pay in the post. And then when Krutwig was on him, he'd just take him outside and shoot over him. Right, right. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I, you know, I thought two teams match up like that. Um, I thought Loyola could have had it, but yeah, Wagner was big. I think Michigan. The underrated aspect. I didn't. I underrated this from Michigan is defensively. Yeah, they're able to stop dribble penetration so well, and that was really yep. a lot of Loyola's offense. Um, they like to try to drive and, and kick and draw a couple defenders, kick it out for a, an open three, and swing the ball around, just keep moving it. But Michigan, you know, with their length, uh, they had Abdul Rahman and Xavier Simpson and Charles Matthews, um, a lot of length to stop some of that dribble penetration. Yeah, and I think I think we got to give big-time credit to Wagner in that game. Also, he had a really nice first half last night. He did. And if you're just if you're listening to this podcast, we're recording it Tuesday, day after the national championship. <laughs> May not have made that clear, but uh, and then but I want to give big time credit to John Beeline. It seems like he just keeps taking these teams that aren't the most talented, finding ways to win. A la maybe dare I say Brad Stevens? Wow, did with Butler. I mean, yeah, I, I could see it. And I even, I think I texted you too and said, and this is, you know, I, you can take this however you want. Um, I said this might be, this Michigan team might be the worst championship team in the last decade. <laughs> and the one that I compared it to was 2011 Butler. Who did, did that team have Shelvin Mack? Anyone? I believe they, they still had Mack. They did not have Hayward anymore. Yeah, they didn't have Hayward. So. They didn't have Matt Howard. Um, yeah. So they had Andrew Smith playing big. But uh, that was a team that put up 41 points in the championship game to UConn, and they shot probably under 20%. It was, it was a brutal showing from them. Um, and, you know, take that however you want. But I, I really don't think – I thought, honestly, last year's Michigan team had more talent than this year's Michigan team. Yeah. I mean, we said it before the tournament. Yeah. And, and even I still that, stand by it. And that team wasn't – I mean, they weren't world beaters, and they got to Sweet 16, right? Right. Yeah. And Beeline did it five years ago with a team that I thought was really, really, really good. Yeah. And really could have won that uh, championship game. They could have. They were right there. If it was – yep. And now, I mean, think about this. Beeline in two championship games – 2013 and this one he's gotten beat by a guy off the bench (laughs) (laughs) you remember luke hancock sort of louisville i remember russ smith and uh gorgie jang yep peyton siva yeah and then obviously kevin ware kevin ware yeah but hancock came in that game and i think he won the most outstanding player award put up 22 off the bench uh so yeah, I mean, and now you got Divincenzo putting up thirty-one last night. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, another thing, just about Beeline, is you look at again winning with two different, totally different kinds of teams because that team had the talent. He brought in the talent, and then you look at him and his recruiting. I mean, he recruited an amazing team five years ago. Yeah, but this team was kind of like. He was going, he was driving around with a pickup truck, just picking up other people's trash. <laughs> and like, he's, I mean, I mean, obviously not trash. No, I'm not I, calling, 
but he was taking pieces that weren't maybe working for others like like Matthews and then right. you have a D3 player rising up and being a starter in Duncan Robinson and bringing those pieces together to get all the way to the national championship. I mean, man, that's just a mark of a great coach right there, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, like you said, you got Robinson and Poole out of Wisconsin, somehow away from uh, yeah. Badgers and Marquette, yeah. you know, and you mentioned Charles Matthews coming over from Kentucky. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty fantastic what he's done. Um, and yeah, I think you got to throw him up there. I don't know if you throw him in the top tier, but he's definitely one of the better coaches. I always say you can you can tell a, a good coach from a great coach by the way he's able to adapt um, in game and with the talent that he's got. And he was able to do that. Uh, we've seen it a, a number of times now. Uh, last year, this year, 2013. So yeah, I know that there are already rumors circulating about Jay Wright for the NBA. Yes. Um, I talked to a Bucks fan the other day. He said, I would love to get Jay Wright. Is there any chance that we could see Beeline in the conversation for NBA jobs? Oh, uh, I don't know about Beeline. And I okay. really don't know about Wright either. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it would make sense. You know, he's 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 done a lot. Two and three years. Um, he's, he's built up a winning program and similar to Brad Stevens a little bit. Um, but I don't know about Beeline. I think he's, I think he's good at Michigan right now. I think he's probably content there. Um, but you know, it is a very tough job being a college coach. A lot of, a lot of 18 hour days you're, you're doing yeah. everything, you know? Um, yep. so who knows, you know? Yeah. There's no way to know until, uh, we get into the future, yep. see what jobs are opening up. I was wondering though, the reason I look at Beeline, what I, like I said, just with winning these games with teams that aren't as talented, um, like Brad Stevens did, I think that could be a sign for a good NBA coach. Now, is that, I mean, is that the test for an NBA coach? I wouldn't, I'm not saying that, but I think it'd be something interesting to look for. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we've seen Brad even do it with the Boston Celtics. Yeah, exactly. It's not a college team, but he's had injuries all this year, and he's still got Boston positioned in second, I believe it is, in the Eastern Conference. So, Yeah. I mean, just because you build up a good program doesn't mean you're going to be a good NBA coach. I mean, look at Patino. Look at Calipari in the NBA. I mean, I think those teams were built more – I mean, their programs have been more dependent on recruiting. Mm-hmm. And that's where those guys really got to shine. Um, insert Rick Patino recruiting joke here. Uh, <laughs> we won't get into that. But, I mean, and Beeline, like I said, he's a great recruiter. But I think, I don't know, I think some skills could be there. The savviness to adapt, as you mentioned, is really something you're looking for at the next level. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, and then, Evan, I think a good thing, I mean, we'll we'll weigh in a little more on this game. Do you see, I think, the big the big names from last night's game, DiVincenzo and Mo Wagner, did, they, did either of them up their draft stock with their time, big-time play down the stretch and last night? Well, last night, I mean, you have to say DiVincenzo was the man that everyone was watching, um, and he's only a sophomore. So I don't know. There's still some questions if he's going to come out or not this year. Um, I mean, prior to last night, it seemed it sounded like he was going to be back at Villanova next year. Um, but, you know, after a 31-point game, 
Yeah. Uh, and you know, he had the whole, the, the attention of, you know, the whole nation. Um, yeah. he, I don't know if his stock will ever be higher. I mean, he might, he might be able to play this up a little bit and come out now. Now there's definitely flaws in his game. Um, and just last night, uh, right before the under four, uh, timeout, Michigan finally started pressing and they, they picked his pocket real easily. Um, yeah. he wasn't able to handle the ball very well. So, you know, if you're a scout, they threw then, it out of bounds and they threw it out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I was saying if, if Michigan has any shot, they got to press, you know, that's Villanova's one kryptonite this year from what I've seen. Um, but yeah, DiVincenzo, I mean, he's got the length, he's got the athleticism, um, he, you know, he can develop in the NBA if he were to choose to go there. Um, but there's definitely flaws in his game. The scouts are not going to they're not going to look at all the social media, you know, everything that's going on and all the excitement around him. They're right. going to look at, you know, every his, his entire game and every game this season and every game last season and really take that all into account. So uh, his stock definitely went up. Now, Wagner, I think. I don't know if last night. Last night he was he was good. Um, yeah. The game against Loyola, he was fantastic. Yeah. So, I think he's a guy. He'll he'll probably come out this year, and he'll be. I could see him being a late first round pick. Okay. Uh, yeah. Where would you project Vincenzo right now? Oh man, right now. For <sighs> those that, as Evan thinks this over, I should mention Evan writes a blog and. Uh, ranks he does big boards and yeah. <laughs> you, you haven't put many out yet this year no nope. you're gonna you will be leading up to the draft right there should be one probably next week or the week after next couple weeks here Sweet. Um, yeah DiVincenzo I mean you gotta look at Brunson I, I kind of compare him to where Brunson would be and Brunson's probably a, a late first round early second round pick so I put DiVincenzo I think a team would take a chance on him with their second pick um, probably early second rounder maybe an early first rounder. I don't know. I really don't know where to put him. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, Easy. I mean, there, there are flaws in this game and um, yeah, I'm not sure. In Wagner, we touched on this earlier on a earlier podcast, how Wagner came out of nowhere this year. He really did. I mean, we, we knew a little bit about him last year, but this was his year to really shine. Yeah. And I, I don't think anyone had him on top 100 boards before the season started if you did congrats but <laughs> maybe top ascended. 100 for you know players to watch for yeah for college yeah. Yeah. but not for oh prospects. for nba no yeah yeah yep. but yeah no he's he's got the makings of an nba player if he if he hits his three-pointer that's the big thing if he hits his three-pointer yeah. um he's got more than just one dimension to his game he definitely could benefit from another year of school but, I think so, yeah. I mean, so could everyone. And <laughs> you got to strike when the iron's hot because, I mean, I would hate – I hate seeing guys go back to school, not get paid, and then get hurt, and then yeah. that's it. Right. So, yeah, you think he's gone? I think he's gone, yeah. Yeah. So, Michigan, once again, John Beeline's going to have a his work cut out for him next year. He'll have a very different squad. Yeah, it'll, it'll look a little different for them. You want to look at, back at some of the, just the big parts of this tournament, and then at the end we can look ahead to next season? Yeah, let's do that. All right, so I guess the big one here is, were we robbed of Loyola-Villanova final? Would that have been a better game? Uh, I don't know if it would have been better. Better storylines I mean, going into the game? It would have been... 
more yeah, compelling. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sunday and Monday leading up to the game, we would have had some interesting stories for sure. Um, it would have been schools. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then you got, you know, Brunson coming from Chicago area. Yeah. Uh, let me just give a quick shout-out to him. Two, two championships now in college. You got one in high school. Guys from Lincolnshire, Illinois, and Stevenson. he was going to go. Yeah, Stevenson. He was going to go to Temple um, until there was a little mix-up with his father, and it didn't work out there. So just think about that. I mean, Brunson could have been playing at <laughs> Temple this whole time. All of a sudden, he ends up at Villanova, and Jay Wright's got two more championships. So, um, But, yeah, good good shout-out to Brunson. Put Illinois hoops on the map a little bit. Um, and you know Matthews, too, coming out of yeah. St. Rita. So. Uh, a good good year overall for Illinois high school basketball. But, uh, yeah, Loyola, I mean, what a story that was, Jack. That was crazy. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Loved every minute of it. Yeah. And they should be back. I would I would think they're, they're going to win the Missouri Valley next year. I would love to see Valpo win, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Loyola winning would be cool, too. <laughs> they, got, they got a lot of guys coming back. Um, Custer so, and Hartwig, so. Who's who? Uh, who's graduating from that team? So Dante Ingram's gone, Andre yeah. Jackson's gone, and uh, Richardson is gone. Okay. Well, so. they, yeah, main. They still have their main core intact. Yep. Custer, Crutwig. Yeah. Um, I believe Lucas Williamson will be back. Yep. So yeah, it should be. They should be right back up there. I don't know if they'll make Final Four. I mean, you got to enjoy it when yeah. when you got it, you know. Uh, and I think they did, but. Yeah, it, it would have been fun to see them play in a championship game. I don't think we've ever had an 11 seed in the championship. No, we have not. George Mason got to the Final Four as an 11 seed. Uh, I believe there was another one or two. VCU was there. Were they a 10 or were they 11? I think they were an 11. They played Butler, who was the 8. I think okay. that was an 8-11 Final Four matchup. <laughs> yeah. And we, I mean, hey, you heard it here first. First, we had... That Nevada, we said either Nevada or Loyola is going to make the Elite Eight. Yeah. And we were we, saying that that bracket <laughs> was going to be the one that would yeah. provide some surprises. Yep. And so when people look back on this tournament, what are, the, I think there are two big things that they're going to remember, right? Yeah. Uh, UMBC yep, and Loyola. Sure. Yep. Yeah, I think those two. And then, yeah, there's one more we can get into in a bit. But yeah, those two. Um, They'll remember those. There were a lot of a lot of upsets in terms of seeds. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was it wasn't as surprising, I guess, because I didn't think there were any great teams this year. Um, but seed wise, I mean, we had Nevada moving on, Florida State moved on, Syracuse had their nice little run. Um, who else was there? <laughs> Gonzaga was able to make it. Florida State. Far. Yep. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean it was it was a fun year. Uh, we'll look back at that left side of the bracket where we had a what was it a nine eleven Kansas yeah. State Loyola and then a nine versus three Florida State Michigan. Yeah, um, and we'll look at that and you know that's that's pretty wild. Yeah, it was it was definitely a lot of fun. Um, I think really it's on this Villanova championship. I think. And the annals of history is going to be overshadowed by those two feats. Really, the UMBC thing, I, st- I still think that's going to be the thing people remember most because oh, yeah. it never happened before. Yeah. But, I mean, 
Loyola's name is going to be etched in stone with George Mason and Gonzaga and those little guys who've gone deep. Right. Butler. And that, that's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, yep. It was yeah, great. Yeah, I, I think Villanova, like you said, Villanova was, you know, they didn't play in any close games. So every yeah. game they played in was just domination. And, we, <laughs> you know, people can look at that however they want. A lot of people like to look back at the upsets, the buzzer beaters, like you were saying. So I think, yeah, we'll look back at this tournament five, ten years from now and say, oh, that was the year UMBC beat Virginia. Or that was the year Loyola made the Final Four, you know. Not that was the year that Villanova was able to trounce through everyone and make it to the Final Four, you know, win right. the championship. Although I think they, that shouldn't get lost in the shuffle. That's no. obviously the, the big point of the tournament, who wins it. Uh, I think the big thing that hurts Villanova is the fact that they won it a couple years ago. So yeah. <laughs> people are going to mix up these two teams. Right, and they're very different. They shouldn't get mixed up, but you're right. Yeah. They will, so... And that doesn't take away from anything they accomplished. I mean, it was just a mark. They they were so good that they didn't have to let any games get close. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing. It is, yeah. So, yeah. Fun tournament overall. You can't, Fun can't tournament. So, I picked up on a moment in one shining moment last night, Evan. Yeah. I tweeted about it. Did you see my tweet? I don't think I did. Okay. Oh, was it so, about Grayson? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to, I'll just explain what happened to those who may have missed it. And then I want you to tell me if there's something to this or if I'm just making this up. So what happened was one shining moment. Everyone loves one shining moment. If you don't know what one shining moment is, look it up. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just stop. Like you need Living to look under at it. A rock. <laughs> yeah, it's it's my favorite part of March. We've given it a lot of love already, but there's a segment in the tournament, and it, I guess it wasn't. There was a segment in the One Shining Moment video, and it wasn't necessarily a montage of buzzer beaters, but it seemed like we saw a lot of good stuff. We were seeing some buzzer beaters, some big shots. And then all of a sudden, Grayson Allen's miss in Kansas is like the thing that we are shown from that Duke-Kansas game that everyone remembers, not Newman's big shots and what Newman did, it seemed like. So what, what I was getting at was it felt like the editors here were poking fun and kicking Grayson Allen one last time, uh, one of the least popular players in the sport of college basketball. Um, I don't know... Of all time, Evan, would you say? Or just over the last 10 years? Last 10 years, but yeah, Leitner's still up there. Yeah. So, <laughs> But I mean, like, Grayson Allen, I mean, people don't like Duke. People don't like Grayson Allen. I don't have anything against him. Um, I'm not going to ask Evan his opinions because he's a North Carolina fan <laughs> <laughs> about Grayson Allen specifically. But it felt like, it did feel like to me that this was their – last chance to take a little it maybe uh dump on Grayson Allen a little bit and put him down and kick him while he's down was there was there anything to that Evan <laughs> yeah I mean there's gotta be something you mentioned it was in the midst of all these buzzer beaters yeah. um now granted they I think they had to put that clip in there just because that was probably the best game of the tournament yeah 
um, the two best teams playing, I would say the most entertaining game. The biggest heavyweight. Bout. The biggest, yes. Um, and that, I mean, you, you mentioned it, you know, it was inches away from sending Duke to the Final Four. And who knows if, you know, Duke-Villanova, that, that'd be an entertaining Final Four game. So, yeah. um, I think, yeah, but I, I wanted to see, you know, Svi Mikhailuk, he hit that big three. Yep. You mentioned Newman had some big shots. Um, I, yeah, it might have been a little stab at Grayson, <laughs> a little stab at Duke, just for all the trouble he's caused in his four years. Um, but people are going to, I don't know if people are going to miss him, but they're going to miss what he brought, what he brought. Yeah. Yep. And they're going to miss having a guy to hate Yep. Um, or a guy to root against. So, um, but yeah, a, a great career for Grayson Allen at Duke. Um, definitely some, some crazy moments, but he'll go down as one of the better Duke players to, to play. The reason I bring it up and may, I mean, this could be me just, I mean, this could be me embellishing something here. Is that the right word for what I'm doing, Evan? <laughs> sure. So I'm, but I mean, I watch a lot of reality TV, so I know a lot about how you edit stuff. And I mean, you edit, you can manipulate stuff with how you edit clips and whatnot, and or episodes of reality TV shows. And so to look at now, all of a sudden, we're seeing Grayson Allen um, lose. I felt like now I'm not saying that the editors were being like cruel by doing this or anything like that it was just they were probably like hey people might get a little kick out of this let's throw this in here in this spot (laughs) (laughs) felt like they were uh messing with them a little bit there yeah i wonder if there was more reaction too i didn't see anything more than what you had put out but i wonder if others were able to catch on to that too yeah if you guys if you guys saw that and you're listening to this tweet me um (laughs) be fun to hear your thoughts on that any yeah. any snubs from one shining moment? You mentioned you would have liked to see some of those big moments from Kansas in that game. Any snubs uh, stick out to you? I don't know. I thought there could have been a little bit more UMBC. Um, I mean, it was only one game, but it was still history. Yep. Um, I don't know. I mean, they touched on pretty much everything. Um, I would have liked to have seen Rob Gray's buzzer beater against San Diego State. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I'm a big fan, and well, I that, thought that was a big moment. San Diego State? You mean Texas? No. Uh, no. Oh. That first round. Yes. Yeah, Houston, San Diego State when you made yep. that layup. Yeah, you're right. You um, are right. I'm thinking of Nevada. and Yeah, I mean, yeah. more Nevada, too. I thought yeah. they had, I mean, they had Musselman on there, um, you know, the, saying the how crazy, sweet it was. Crazy game with Texas and yeah. Nevada. Yeah. Would have uh, liked to see Musselman take his shirt off. <laughs> yeah. yeah but we got him yelling you know sweet 16 on the yeah. on the broadcast so um yeah i don't know i thought for i mean there's so many clips and they got to put it into what a three three and a half minutes on yep so i mean they they did a great job with it um always love it i mean i feel like they could just put in terrible clips of like fans crying um <laughs> mascots falling down like just stuff that has and then maybe like just random clips of fans eating food stuff that has nothing right. to do with one shining moment and i feel like i'd still like it just because of that song is so oh, good <laughs> luther does luther's awesome with that song luther vandross that's he's the man <laughs> and that's that song just gives you goosebumps yeah it sounds like march 
Yep. And, and again, we 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 um gave a lot of love to that song earlier. So yeah. you could go back to that podcast. We don't need to do that again. But yeah, it's it's definitely it's you know, it's March like you said, and it it has everything from March and all the good moments and you know some of the bad and it, you know it's just it's this whole tournament. It's what these guys are going to look back on. It's what we're going to look back on and remember. And you know it's it's just a ton of fun. Yeah, it really is. And so, uh, any other thoughts on one shining moment? Or I think that's a pretty good way yeah. to wrap that up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think Nevada definitely would have nice to see a little more of them, but yeah, yeah they did a good job. Maybe some of DiVincenzo's blocks too in that championship game last yeah, night. Yeah, they can only put so much. But they can in only there. put yeah, and they I mean they just had to squeeze that in there. So another thing about the game last night, Evan, that was it. Jalen Brunson who hit that three where he scooped it up off the floor right before halftime. Yeah, that felt like a big shot. Huge three, because I think Michigan hit one just before that to cut it to six. Yeah, so then they push it back to nine. Yeah. And I felt like that I felt like that really swung a lot of momentum going into halftime. And I think it was big for the team because they saw, you know, Brunson was struggling up until that point, and for him to get a three to go down, you know, it was, it was like, all right, it's not just DiVincenzo. It's not just Bridges. We got, you know, all everyone's chipping in right now. And, you know, he only finished with nine, Brunson did, but... Um, yeah, it was a big shot to go into the half with. Evan, help me cover the bases here with the game that we may have missed. A game that we may have missed. Well, uh, th- things that I may have not mentioned while talking about last night's game. Oh, and last night's Yeah, game? last night's game. Um, just like a factor of the game that was big time, or? I mean, is did we pretty much hit everything on the game, or? I mean, you mentioned Michigan got off to that lead to start. yeah. You know, they were controlling everything. Um, I think what was big was DiVincenzo's ability to hit the outside shot early because he was able to stretch the defense and they couldn't take away his penetration as much. Um, I think that was something big that, you know, because that's how Michigan was able to take down Loyola, in my opinion, was they were able to shut down a lot of that dribble penetration. They got him all out of sorts. Um you know, and, and I think that was the case going into the game. Villanova started last night one for eight, I believe it was, from behind the arc. And then DiVincenzo comes in, hits some threes, and all of a sudden they're, Michigan has to respect that line. And uh, it opens up everything. DiVincenzo was getting looks. Spellman was getting all kinds of looks that he, he converted on a few but still missed some. Um, I think that Spellman was, that was, did a good yeah. job on Wagner, too. He did, yeah. And Spellman's another guy to watch out for. I don't know if he's going to come out this year or not, but he's he's an NBA prospect in the making. Um, you know, that guy's a big boy. And he can, oh, yeah. He can throw the ball down with some power. And he was, I saw he was working on the jump shot. So yeah. maybe yeah. if he stays, he improves on that. I mean, he has the capability to hit it, but yeah, definitely shoot at a better percentage. Yeah, but yeah, you know, Villanova, they, they were able to dominate, um, and and yeah, I was, you know, they were down seven or whatever in the first half, all of a sudden they're up nine at the end of the first half, so it was, you know, almost a 15, 20-point swing um, in a matter of probably 10 minutes or so. My thought on Michigan coming into the game was the only way I saw them really winning was they were going to have to keep Villanova to under 60 points or something like that. Yep. Because that's how they were beating all these other teams. But if Villanova was going to put up 70 or 80, I didn't see any way Michigan was going to be able to keep up with that. 
Yeah, I was right with you. I said 70 was the line. If if Michigan can keep Villanova under 70, they got a shot. Yeah. Um, I don't think they can score more than 70. And, you know, in order to score more than 70 and probably in order to win last night, they would have had to shoot like they did against A&M. Yeah. Um, where they were just they went like, off. shooting the lights out. Yeah. But, yeah, Duncan finished with nothing. Um, you know, uh, Matthews was struggling. Wagner was even struggling from behind the arc. So, yeah. You know, yep. Villanova, they, they were able to just, they, they dominated. And, and the best team won the game last night. They did. What a year for the city of Philadelphia. Oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and we get, have... into, we get into this next week, but maybe the Sixers are next. You never know. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I, I don't think so. No, I but, don't either. <laughs> I mean, among Philadelphia teams, that could be the case. Yeah. I don't yeah, think they're right. winning this year, but yeah. no, I mean, when huge, the huge year. when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup in 2015, I made the prediction that the Cubs would win, be the next Chicago team to win a championship, and and I thought you were crazy because <laughs> <laughs> the Bulls were right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, kind <laughs> of. We'll save that for another time, but yeah. So really, the story was Villanova was awesome the entire tournament. There were some good upsets in there. Evan, real quick, I mean, how do you have a favorite tournament or just specific tournaments off the top of your mind? Because I know you have a great memory with this stuff. Like an overall tournament, you're saying? Yeah, or just a few where you look back on and you say, man, that was a great one. You know, I love... Do you have others where you're like, ooh, maybe that wasn't as great? Yeah, you know, I so I go back remembering probably back to like 03, 05 was really the first one I got into just because U of I. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had that, that they had that really fun run. Um, last year, obviously, was awesome with North Carolina uh, dominating and Justin Jackson getting his championship. Um, Butler, both the two years that Butler was able to do it. Um, yeah. You know, what a year that was for them. They knocked off Pitt in the second round and then uh, beat a good Florida team later on in the Elite Eight. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I have a favorite tournament. I have a lot of favorite moments, I guess, from tournaments. Um, but I think when we, you know, we mentioned this a little bit, looking back at this one, we're going to say there were a lot of upsets in this tournament. There were a lot of, um, you know, a lot of guys stepping up that no one had heard of or, you know, very few people knew about. And I think that that's what makes it so much fun. Definitely. Yeah. I think that, I think you put a nice bow on it there. You wrapped it up well. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so <laughs> you want to touch on next next year, or you want to keep moving forward? Yeah, I was just going to ask you, um, yeah. real quick, because I know you're the college hoops expert. Do you have a preseason top five, or just like a handful of teams you're looking at right now? I mean, obviously, draft um, decisions are really going to impact a lot of things, but I'm just curious. First look, um, who's on your radar to win next year? You know, I got asked this last night, and the first team I keep coming to is Duke. Uh, and it kind of pains me to say it, uh, just being a North Carolina fan. But as a basketball fan, uh, Duke is loaded next year. Um, they should be loaded, at least, in terms of who they have coming in uh, prospect-wise. Uh, Coach K has surpassed Calipari in recruiting. So uh, they have four top ten guys coming next year. Wow. I think another team to watch for is Kansas. Um you know, they're going to lose Graham, obviously. Uh, they should get Garrett back. 
they should get DeSosa back. If Newman comes back, uh, it could be a huge year for Kansas because they also have uh, Charlie Moore, who was Mr. Basketball in Illinois, uh, went to California. He's transferring in. He'll be their new starting point guard if everything goes right. And then they also have uh, Dietrich and K.J. Lawson coming in from Memphis. And I believe it was Dietrich averaged 19-7 maybe last year with Memphis. Um, you know, all three of those guys sat out this past year. So Kansas Kansas and Duke, I think, would be the top two right now. Um, if you're looking for an underdog, uh, Gonzaga will be back. Yeah. I, I think it, And you know, you mentioned draft positioning, draft uh, who, who declares and who doesn't. Um, that could be a big one because if Achimura declares, you know, they might go down a little bit. But if he comes back, they'll have him and Norval and Perkins will be back too. Uh, Nevada is another team. If the Martin twins come back, as well as Jordan Caroline, and if they can convince Kendall Stevens to come back, they'll be scary. Um, and then, you know, you got to put Villanova in there. They just won a championship. Yep. And they could have the entire, they could have the same team back next year. Now, I'm not saying Brunson and Bridges are going to be back, um, but I would not say that it's too crazy to, to consider it. Um, just, yeah, just because, you know, and I don't, I don't think, I don't think they will. I think they're, I think those two are gone. Even Chenzo's probably gone now. Um, Spellman's probably gone too, but they could all come back if they want to and say, Hey, let's, let's get another one. Let's really make this a dynasty. Um, man, that would be nuts. <laughs> yeah. And it, it could happen. Now Brunson is able to graduate, um, this year. So he, he is done. He could grad transfer to Duke. Hey, pull <laughs> a Durant move. Man, that would be something. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not doing that. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> but no, Villanova. Um, yeah, who knows? Villanova could be back next year. They'll have. Um, gosh, I can't think of his name right now. But they have another top top recruit coming in, and then uh, Vanderbilt. If you're looking at just recruits. Bryce Drew is doing his thing. I know you like yep. Bryce. Yep, great uh, guy. Vanderbilt, they got two top 20. Romeo Laneford is the top recruit still unsigned right now. Um, sources are saying he's leaning towards Vandy right now, although Kansas could scoop him up if Newman were to leave. So, I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting year. I mean, we still got – it's not till October when everything starts up. But I'd say Kansas, Duke, those are the two teams that the people got to be watching for. Well, it will definitely be interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, one more thing I thought of about this year. Is the Big East underrated maybe a little bit? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because it's technically not a power conference anymore. Right. What people call the Power Five. They're not in that Power Five group. They're not a Power Six school, according to the, uh, <laughs> the American. The American, right. <laughs> But, I mean, that's a power conference right there. They are legit, and they're loaded. Um, I would put them probably, this past year, they were right behind the Big 12 and ACC, and you can make the case that they were better than both of them because Villanova yep. won. So, um, you know, Seton Hall almost knocked off Kansas earlier. Yep. Butler made a nice run at uh, Purdue. Um, you were high on Creighton, and I thought they would do something too. Yep. Um, you know, Providence. They're, they're good. I, I, I do like the Big East a lot. I think people need to give them more credit. I like the Big East as a whole just because 
I mean, not just for how good they are. I think it's cool what they've been able to do with this new conference with all the private schools. Yeah. I think that's really unique. And then having some uh, guys coaching their alma maters and Patrick Ewing and Chris Mullen, that's just really cool. Like some people, some people, I mean, maybe me, maybe some (laughs) others will just tune in just to see those coaches on the sidelines. Yeah, why not? I mean, that's that's a fun time, Georgetown St. John's. I mean, I'm thinking, I guess I'm thinking, okay, that's the silver lining to seeing Villanova play those teams. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah. I, that conference, maybe it's on the up. Yeah. It should not be it, it should be, it should be in the conversation for best basketball conference. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. They've done a good job with it. So, so. And let me before we before we close on college basketball, yeah. unless you had another point. Um, nope, I'm done. You know, I want to. This is something that this is a big time point I got to make. And I just, you know, you just asked me about top teams next year. A lot of it was based off of recruits coming in. Um, but I think something needs to be mentioned about the state of college basketball right now and where college basketball was at just a month ago, two months ago, with the whole scandal. Yeah. Um, paying these top recruits to come play. I think this tournament we saw in the final four, there were no one and dones at all. No team had a one and done player. And yep. I think it's a big point to make that Villanova really was able to win with one McDonald's All American on the team. <laughs> and I think it's, it's huge for point. college basketball because yeah. now people can look at that and say, you know, you can get the one and dones if you want. You can have that player tied to your school forever. But if you're looking at winning a championship, making it far, making a statement, Villanova now has done it twice where twice in three years. And North Carolina was last year, where they have guys that are coming back and they come back and play after their freshman year and they're good guys. You know, you got Brunson playing you got Mikel Bridges staying after a while. North Carolina last year had Justin Jackson, Joel Berry. The year before that, you had Josh Hart with Villanova. And I think it's a big point to make that, you know, not that these schools are doing it wrong with, you know, Duke getting Bagley and all those guys and Arizona going off to, after Aiton. Um, and who knows, maybe maybe there's money under the table for some of these Final Four teams. We, we never know. Um, it's It's a business just like anything. But... I think it's a big point to make that Villanova, Michigan, Kansas, Loyola, they were all able to make it to the Final Four with maybe a little bit of luck. Some teams were able to get knocked out, yeah. but for the most part, led by juniors and seniors who weren't top recruits. That's a great observation, Evan. Um, <laughs> I'd say the other part to that being, I think, and we, we also touched on this earlier in the tournament, when we saw a 16 seed beat a one seed, the idea of some of these schools are closing the gap between superpowers and mid-majors. I mean, it was so competitive. And this is actually a good place to transition into something if you're ready for it, Evan. Yeah, sure. Did you watch the women's Final Four? I watched it. uh, What game did I watch? Notre Dame-UConn, I think it was. I did yeah. not see the championship game. I mean, I obviously, I saw the replay. But I did not see it live. So I missed I missed it in its entirety. 
And the reason why it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I have to avoid it or anything like that. <laughs> um, I think it's I think it's good to touch on this because we gave so much love to men's the men's game. The thing is, it fell on Good Friday and Easter Sunday, so yeah. both those days I was really busy with church and family stuff. So I I truthfully I it wasn't even on my radar, right? But I mean, here's the thing I want to talk about is a lot of people say. UConn's great for the game and whatnot, and I'm curious to hear your opinion on that in a second, Evan. I would say UConn losing is great for the game. I agree with you, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, yeah. Um, I think it's the same, you know, like the men's. It's You're closing the gap. Um, these coaches are starting to figure out ways to get their players positioned better. Um, I mentioned in the last podcast too, Clark Kellogg was the one who brought it up. The transfers. Yep. A lot of these guys are trying to find the right spot and, you know, Lyles transferred in to UMBC from VCU and, uh, you had Custer transfer into Loyola from, (laughs) uh, Iowa state. So, uh, Charles Matthews from Kentucky to Michigan. So I think, yeah, I I think UConn losing, I mean, it's two years in a row now, right? They lost to yeah. Mississippi State last year. It's it's interesting because now it definitely makes it more compelling from a viewership viewpoint. And then also, you got to think about the the coaches and the girls playing. And you know, we got a shot now. That's that's everyone's thought. I would think. I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I that should I, be that should be your mindset anyway as a player. Is, yeah. You, know, you got shot in any game you're in, but now that UConn has lost two times. Uh, I think everyone's the door has kind of been opened up. People are thinking that's a possibility now. Yeah, and I don't want to get too deep into is UConn good for the game, bad for the game, but I think competitiveness is really good. Like like we yeah. said, the men's game, people closing the gap. Gap. So if we saw that in women's basketball, I think that would make the product a lot more compelling. I like watching women's basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from a pure basketball standpoint, I mean, you can see plays develop easier in women's in the women's game. Good passing. Yeah, good passing. There's there's no dunking. Obviously, I like the men's game better. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I think there's something to be said that competitiveness can make a more interesting game. Um, I don't think there's any denying. I don't know. Would you Would you agree that the women's college basketball is more interesting than the WNBA? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean... It's a bigger stage, too. For sure. And I think people are remembered more for their college team than yep. they are for their NBA or for their WNBA team. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think there. I think the competitive aspect... Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, both sides are seeing it like you were, like you were getting at, so... I, I think a lot of people try to compare it and be like, well, isn't, isn't Tiger Woods great for golf? Um, right. there's a little tease right there. That's what we call a tease. Cause we're going to talk tiger and the masters in a second, or we say, what about the Patriots? What about the Lakers and the Celtics? And you could go in each of those instances and point out how different, I mean, that's apples and oranges because college, college sports can be completely unfair really quickly. Yeah. With the way recruiting works and whatnot. I mean, look at Alabama in college football. I would say though, I mean, I'm not saying that it's bad. I don't think it's bad for them to, to have these big teams. 
I think it's bad to see them kill teams because that's not interesting. Yeah. But I, I think it's good when they lose because, I mean, that brings in a lot of attention to the game. Yeah, I mean, if you know, I, I don't think Nick Saban wants to lose necessarily, but if you're looking at it, if he's looking at it from the perspective of, you know, how are we going to get more people interested in college football? Not that that's a problem that they're having, but, you know, let's just say it is. Yeah. that That's a way, you know, you, you got to look at that and say, yeah, I mean, any competitiveness brings more interest to the sport, I think. And, um, you know, the NBA, I think they're, you know, we can get into this next week, but it's definitely more wide open this year than it has in past years. And I think it's going to bring more, even more interest to the sport. Because we won't, I don't know if we'll necessarily have Cleveland versus Golden State for a fourth year in a row. Um, I, I I would hope not. I'd <laughs> right. like to see things shake up. I mean, I right. want to see good playoffs. And last yeah. year's playoffs were not good. Yeah. Yeah, so. last year's playoffs, you know, but, you know, for me, I mean, when I watch it as, as a, basket, a former basketball player, a fan of basketball, I, I would like to see the two best teams play. So if that's Golden State and Cleveland every year, then, you know, that's cool. But, you know, as a as a sport itself, and as you know, you're mentioning competitiveness. You want to see a little bit more change, probably, and you want to see some of these teams make a run that haven't before, or a smaller market team make a run. And um, college basketball has seen that. Notre Dame knocking off UConn, yep. um, and then yeah, this year, I mean, Villanova was able to do it, but you know, just just four years ago, they weren't considered a blue blood. And I don't know if we even are putting them in that conversation yet, but. I think it's good for it's good for everyone to have some competitiveness. I mean, Evan, I'm not I'm not saying that I have a problem with the same teams playing each no, other in no, the I'm finals. Not saying, yeah, I'm not saying you are, yeah. No, I know that. I'm yeah. just what I'm saying is I'd like to see it have some interesting points along the way before we get there. And I don't have a problem with UConn winning every single year. But what I am not, what's not going to bring me in to watch is if they're winning games by fifty or sixty points. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, not fun to watch, <laughs> unless yeah. you're a fan of UConn. You know. Yeah, and that I mean the other thing then you if you want to compare it to Tiger, well Tiger wasn't winning every single major, right. and the other part of that you have a field he's playing up against as opposed to he's not doing match play against people and. A lot of different things could go wrong there, right? All right, let's let's move on. Let's yeah, we're done. Right into that. Yeah, let's do this. So, it's Masters Week. I'm so excited, Evan. Are you excited? Hello, friends. (laughs) (laughs) It's that time of year, right? Yep. I was watching a little media day stuff today. Yeah. Actually, a cool story, Evan. I don't know if you knew this, but Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods played a practice round together. No way. Wow. And the first time that that had happened, apparently, was over 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. It's an exciting time for golf. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we we got the most exciting player is back, and he's playing at a high level. Yep. Yep. And it, it's fun seeing that Phil and Tiger working together. It's like the old guys club. Right. Where like you'd see in a movie or something. It's like they're trying to hang with the young bucks. Right. 
So, Jack, let me ask you this. I don't know if you were a huge Tiger fan before he went downhill, but is this the most excited you are to see Tiger Woods play? Um, okay. Well, I would I have a different answer to that question. Okay. Um I I'm not really biased in any way on this. Um I obviously I love watching Tiger play because he's so great at golf and the 2008 US Open is one of the biggest golf events that I remember, which is the last event that he won. Yeah. If you recall, they went to a playoff round with they they had like so it's interesting how it works because it's for the US Open it's not a playoff hole, it's another round of golf. Okay. So yeah, who was that against Dustin Johnson? No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was Rocco Mediate. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the Italian. Yep. Yep. And uh yeah, okay, I I should also clear the air on this. Jordan didn't react too well last week when I mentioned something about uh Jake Arietta being an Italian in Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> he was like easy there. Jordan and I are both Italians. So if you didn't know that, that, uh, provides a little more context there. <laughs> Otherwise I would not have said that, but yeah. So tiger, I mean, and he, that was right before he had his knee surgery. Then he got hurt and then he had, he came back. And I mean that I remember, um, Evan, I, I don't know if you remember this, but so that was 2008. He had, his season was over because he had to have knee surgery. He came back, and I remember he played at Bay Hill in Orlando. Okay. Uh, the next spring, and he made this putt that won him the tournament, I believe. I Correct me if I'm wrong, Evan. Could you double-check this? This Look is up at Bay, Bay Hill, Hill 2009. 2009. Yeah, did Tiger win that? Let me check. Okay. So I remember him making this putt doing his fist pump and everyone just going crazy because they were so excited to see Tiger come back. He did. He did? Yes. It was a birdie, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think that was the last tournament that he won. Sounds about right. Yeah. 2009, so that, yeah. And then the Thanksgiving of 2009 was where it all spiraled out of control. Right. It got into a lot of weird things going on, just other things. I would say, Evan, really, I was looking back at this last year when you had Tiger um, in the car accident where mm -hmm. he was on the whatever. I mean, he was driving, and he was on some kind of medication, and he was intoxicated from it because his levels weren't right, and it was mixed with some alcohol. I don't want to get that story wrong. But we looked at that and we're like, man, the story at Tiger Woods is just an American tragedy, really. Right. And that was this time last year, right? Or right around there? Yeah, I believe so. Hmm. I believe so. But that was someone who, just a fall from grace, someone who was one of the most popular athletes in the world, one of the greatest athletes in the world. And then to see him struggling since... I mean, you can have whatever opinions you want of him as a person. I'm not going to try to shape your opinion there, but it's just been sad to see all around. It really has. And, you know, I always think back, you remember the who's now bracket that SportsCenter yeah. would do? <laughs> 2007, I believe, 2007, 2008, around then. You remember who won that one? Was it Tiger? It was Tiger over LeBron. 
Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, you mentioned it. He was like a big time. I mean, he was one of the greatest athletes in all sports and brought a ton of attention to golf. And to see him fall and just last year, I mean, he was in a ditch, right, with his car. Yeah. Now he's back. And, yeah, it should be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, so Tiger's been playing well, and neither of us have followed super closely, so we're not going to act like know-it-all experts here, Um, but we do want to talk about this a little bit. Evan and I mainly, the reason why we haven't watched it is because college basketball has been on Saturday, Sundays, we've been going all out on the college hoops coverage, and now we're done, and now... We're we're with Jim Nance and transitioning over to golf. <laughs> Big week for him, right? Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> That's what makes him a legend. Yeah. So, yeah, Tiger, uh, he's played well. I don't believe... So there was a tournament recently that he was on the top five in the leaderboard. I think he finished three under. And I'm not sure. That was a few weeks ago. But... He wasn't going up against any real big names. I mean, there are definitely a lot of guys who are going to be playing in the Masters this week, but the big stars of golf have not. I mean, they weren't playing in that tournament, so I don't have any unreasonably high expectations for Tiger, but just having him there and having a buzz surrounding him is going to be great for the sport of golf. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Um, Just in the past tournaments that – you know, and I'm not a golf expert, but I've watched a couple. Um, I can't remember what they were. A few weeks back, Tiger was was doing real well, and I decided to tune in on Sunday. And yeah, just the buzz at every hole that he was at. I mean, there was people with their phones out, and um, which is kind of new for him. You know, yeah, <laughs> ten years ago, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe the iPhone was just just getting introduced, but yeah. Um, you know, people with their phones out and just making all kinds of noise when he would sink the putt. And, um, you know, and I think everyone's kind of touching on this. And what I saw that impressed me, you know, when he was off a little bit, I didn't think his putting was great. But it seems like now he's really been able to focus in. And uh, everyone's saying his, his, his game on the green is just so much better now. And I feel like that's what wins a lot of times. Um, these these major tournaments is being able to to putt the big shot yeah that's the thing that made tiger really unique was to have a guy who could bomb the i mean the way he's built yeah have his strength to be able to bomb the ball and then also have a great short game and a great approach game right really i mean he was like happy gilmore in real life (laughs) seriously yeah yeah well, the end of Happy Gilmore, not right. happy with his putting struggles. <laughs> happy when he gets the hockey stick putter. There you go. But great movie. I think Evan. I think were you watching the Valspar Championship? I feel like that was that what was you were it. watching. Yeah, I think that one was it. Probably three or four weeks back. Yeah, it was yeah. March. Uh, March eighth. Yeah, that's not, yeah. That was when it my, started. It yeah. was over my spring break. So yeah, that's what I was watching. So it was I think that was when he was top five on the leaderboard. Yeah, I think he went into Sunday in third, maybe. I can't remember. Um, he was right there. Yeah, he was in one of the top groups. Looked really good. And he didn't have a bad Sunday. It was just the guys around him had a better one. So, Yeah. 
Definitely. So it's going to be really interesting to watch what we see from Tiger. The thing that's indisputable, I don't want to, I mean, we're not going to make this all about Tiger. We're going to talk about some of these other guys too. But, I mean, it's really hard to argue against the fact that Tiger playing well, being intriguing, being interesting is, I mean, there's no way that you could say that that's bad for golf. Just look at how the viewership has spiked up over the last month. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, you you get him in the sport and all, yeah, you get buzz surrounding him, not only at the course, but people tuning in to watch. And I think there's a lot of people that are, I've seen people tweeting out that are saying, you know, I'm not a fan of Tiger, but this is the most excited I've been about golf (laughs) in a long time. Uh, I think he just brings something to it. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I find myself almost, I find myself wanting him to succeed and find success, and because I think it's good for him. I think obviously, I think it's good for the sport. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it reminds me of old times when I was first getting into sports, and and Tiger was the guy. So it reminds me of the Rocky Balboa movie where <laughs> he comes back out of retirement to fight the guy who's in his prime. Right. Which obviously different circumstances, but that's what's going to be. I think what's going to be really fun. To watch a lot of guys who grew up watching Tiger, there's so much that guys like Dustin Johnson have taken from Tiger. I mean, first off, just the fact that there hadn't been someone so physically imposing before Tiger. The way he took care of his body and did stuff other than, I mean, obviously these guys were fit. But Tiger, I feel like, stepped, kicked that up another couple of notches for what it meant to be fit as a golfer and guys like Dustin Johnson, who you see is clearly jacked, um, <laughs> have followed his lead there. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I definitely, Evan, I do want to see him in the mix there. Cause mm-hmm. I do think it's, I do think it's good. Yeah. And so, it's a great story. Yeah. So aside from tiger, Jack, who else are you, uh, who else are you intrigued by? Yeah. So, um, this is what I was going to say. I'm not one of those people that thinks, oh, golf is golf is lost without Tiger. Um, <laughs> I do think, actually, good things came out of the time we had without Tiger where it really gave us a chance to develop some new stars. Yeah. Um, obviously, the big – I feel like there are four real big names, Evan. I'm curious, who are the big guys that you know about not being a huge golf fan? Yeah, so Jordan Spieth. Spieth. Um, I like Bubba Watson a lot. Bubba Watson. Okay, he's. I was thinking more younger guys, but younger guys. Okay. Um, uh, let's see, Sergio Garcia. No, he's not younger. He's not though. younger. Yeah, but he won last year. Okay, Evan, I, I'm gonna Johnson. stop you here. Dustin Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dustin Johnson. Jordan I mean, Spieth. Those are the guys I'm looking at this weekend. Yeah, and then also in that in that grouping, you have to have Jason Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jason Day. And then Rory McIlroy. Yep. Those guys, I feel like, have become the big, big, big stars. And then not far behind them, you have Justin Rose, Justin mm-hmm. Thomas, Ricky Fowler. Yep. Um, some Justin Rose and Ricky Fowler knocking on the door. They haven't quite broken through and won a, a major championship yet, but... 
I feel like and Fowler, then you... Fowler's known more for his crazy colors than <laughs> than his success. Commercials. Yeah, and his commercials. But he's a big star. <laughs> no, he is. He's a big star. Um, yeah, he's got a good personality, it seems like. You have uh, John Rom, who now is uh, – have you even heard of John Rom, Evan? No. <laughs> no, he's emerging. He's really good. Okay. He's uh, – I think he's number three or number four right now. I need to pull up wow. the rankings. Wow. Yeah. So he is number three in the world. And then uh, and then you have the group of all those guys who have been around for a while. You still have Lefty. Um, mm-hmm who I, I think is really entertaining to watch because he's so risky. Right. He just goes balls to the wall on stuff. Yeah. So, so that's fun to watch. And then you also, like you said, you have Sergio Garcia. You have Bubba Watson. Zach Johnson is a guy who's been around for a long time, won several uh, major championships. Yep. And, I mean, there's there are a lot of really, really good golfers. Yeah, and I like I like the youth movement that you brought up um, because you got some of these younger guys. I mean, I I guess I really only know Spieth, uh, who'd you mention? Day, Johnson, yep. and and McElroy, Those are your main guys. I said um, yeah. I said those are probably biggest names. Yeah, I mean, I think Spieth is so cool for the sport because he's he's Under Armour, so he's yep. he's got that going for him. He won the Masters what at twenty one years old or whatever it was. Yeah, years back. <laughs> He had a yep. record, I think it was. Um, yeah. So many strokes under par. So, yeah, I, I like Spieth a lot. I think he's probably yeah, he's only twenty four or whatever now. So, yeah, I think it's yeah. fun. You got you got a good mix of these young guys, and then you got some of the older ones like Garcia, and uh, yeah, Tiger. So it should be fun. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I like I said, I think it's going to be really fun seeing Tiger up against these young groups. I'm curious, though, Evan, what do you think would be the best story? If we're looking at Sunday, we get to Sunday, and we got two guys going toe-to-toe, maybe in a playoff, would it be Tiger versus Dustin Johnson, Tiger versus Spieth, one of the young guys, or would you rather sign on for a Tiger-lefty smackdown? That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> I think I'd go for the second. Yeah, Tiger Lefty would be that'd be crazy. I mean, yeah. you could do so many different things with that in terms of covering it and how the media would portray it. Now, you know, it'd be kind of cool to see Tiger versus Spieth, and maybe Spieth is able to beat him, and you know, there's a little passing of the guard or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't want to say that too soon, but um, no, I, I think yeah, that that'd be a lot of fun. Any of those, really. Tiger in the last day being competitive would be fun. Yeah, I think so. I mean, even without Tiger, though, I think it's going to be great. Oh, yeah, definitely. So Yeah, and then you have, like you said, I mean, you have, or as as I mentioned, um, Justin Rose and Ricky Fowler. Justin Rose, I believe, last year, I always mix him up with Justin Thomas. Justin Rose (laughs) was going uh, toe-to-toe with Sergio Garcia at last year's Masters, and he just came up short. Yeah. So maybe it's his time to break through, and or maybe Ricky Fowler finally gets his uh, his major here. Could be. Could be. The other one, I guess the other big storyline, this is, uh, and it's not that big, I guess, but Dustin Johnson's first major as number one in the world, too. Wow. So. Yeah. 
a lot of fun things going into and it all starts Thursday. So a lot of fun things yeah. going into Thursday. So yep. Jack, do you have a pick right now of who's who's gonna Ooh. win it? Man, well I would love to see Lefty win. Yeah. Um it actually it's been I can't believe it's been five years since his last win. Uh, his last win was, I believe, the Open Championship in 2013. I mean, it, could you double check that? Or no? Yeah, I, mean, I, I can try to pull that up. Okay. So even but he's yeah. not a drought. Yeah, I mean, he's been in the mix though. He's been playing it close, and he's still a legend. I mean, golf is all, is not only measured by how many you win, but I mean, there's a lot to be said about just being in that uh, top top two, top five. Yeah, you were, you were right, Jack. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, Open Championship. Yep. Yeah, and that's see, that's the thing. A lot of people might not know about Jack Nicholas. My dad taught me when I was playing golf. He's like, Jack Nicholas is the greatest golfer of all time, <laughs> and here's why: the times that I mean, Tiger's had a lot of top five finishes, but I mean, if you look at the numbers, most of the major championships that Jack Nicholas didn't win he was second in yeah so that i mean that's going off the rails a little bit but consistency though no consistency for sure yeah so So, i don't know if i had to make one pick ooh, you know what i am going to say ricky fowler gets it done wow okay yeah okay and then again there are so many guys who just aren't on the radar, don't have the star power, Henrik Stenson or Brooks Kepka, who won the U.S. Open last year. Mm. I mean, there are a lot of accomplished golfers on this list, guys who are going to be competing. I don't believe we have any big injuries, um, no one falling down the stairs this year. <laughs> you remember that, yeah. Kevin? <laughs> yep. It was like, again, Happy Gilmore uh, getting hit by a car and finishing the tournament. Dustin Johnson falls down the stairs and he can't compete. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, it's going to be interesting to watch. I guess if I had to make one pick, I'm going to go Ricky Fowler. Okay. The one guy I would love to see also hasn't won in a few years is Roy McIlroy, who started to kind of be the next star after Tiger. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember people writing about that was a big transitional point, right. passing of the guard. But the thing with Rory is he hasn't quite been the same since he injured his ankle playing soccer a few years ago. Yeah, and he's but he's so. still younger, right? He's still got some years. Um, he's what like about thirty? Yeah, that sounds about right. Twenty-eight. Okay. So yeah, he's young. So yeah, he's still got some time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Odds of Evan, is there any chance that if Tiger wins this weekend, we're going to see a tweet from President Trump taking some amount of credit for helping <laughs> Tiger because they played together in the offseason? Uh, that could be. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. He, who knows? Who knows with Trump, you know? Yeah. He could. That, he could. But. That's about as political as this podcast will ever get. That's just a little joke there. I but, like it. <laughs> I mean, that would that would definitely be funny. It's yeah. just it's funny that it all happened with Tiger after that happened. Yeah. That is interesting. It was during that stretch. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Any anything else? Uh, any questions you have about this tournament, Evan? Or do you want to make a pick? Just to pick a random name. I don't know. I'd like to see Tiger win. I also like Bubba. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess if I could pick a guy, man, why not Tiger? You know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Tiger. Tiger's kind of my riskier pick. I guess the safer <laughs> pick for me will be Bubba. Bubba will get his third one. All right, that'd so. be that'd be a good story. Yeah, I mean Tiger has a shot. He's got a shot. Yeah, he so does. I'd love to see it. He's been on fire recently, so we never know. All right, Evan, you want to spend a little bit here talking about first impressions from uh, the start of baseball season? It hasn't oh, yeah. even been a full week, but yeah, well, we got baseball going. How about that? Yeah, it's great. So you weren't. We missed you last week. <laughs> And you Jordan guys, and I, by the way, you guys did a fantastic job from oh. what I've heard. Yeah, you guys, yeah, I listened to, you know, parts of it, and I thought you guys were fantastic. So thank you. You guys gel really well together, and uh, <laughs> yeah, great job, Evan. It's okay to be jealous. <laughs> Maybe I am a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, next week we'll try to get you and Jordan together for the basketball NBA show. Oh, that'd be great. Since you weren't with us last week, Evan, do you want to just quickly run through, just give me the names of who you got winning each division and your wild cards? Yeah, sure. So I guess I'll start in the American League. Um, I got Boston out of the East. I got Cleveland out of Central and Houston out of the West. So I guess not too many surprises. Those are all the same that I have. Okay, yeah. Um, Wild cards, I got New York. And I got yep. the Angels. Okay, so you sided with uh, Jordan there yes. with the Angels. I had, I had the Twins. Okay, yeah, I think the Angels. I think you know, I think the Rangers could also be a sneaky team too. Ooh, I do like the Rangers a little bit. Um, okay, got some younger guys. I like Mazzara a lot. Um, but yeah, those those five and those three really, they're winning the division. I don't think, I think those three are just head and shoulders above everyone else. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I would have, I don't know how it would play out seed-wise, but... Um, well, what about National League? Okay, yeah, I'll go National League. So, yeah. uh, East is is the Nationals, Washington yeah. Nationals. Central, Cubbies. And in the West, I think the Diamondbacks won it this year. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. That's why we have them here. <laughs> I love you know how much I loved them last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the Diamondbacks and, and Goldschmidt. Um they don't have Martinez anymore, sadly, but they didn't have him yeah, all last it's year. It's a big so. loss. Um I still think the Dodgers get a wild card spot and I think the other one goes to the Cardinals. I think Yeah. I think the Cardinals did every you know, I've watched a lot of them. Um being down in the St. Louis area last summer, I had I had to watch the Cardinals quite a bit. <laughs> and the, yep. the two things I noticed from them was their bullpen was awful, and they have um, they got Greg Holland just last week, and, yeah. and Gregerson. Um, he's on the DL yep. now, but he'll be back soon. Dominic Leone, another guy. That Leone, they yeah. they like him so much that they traded Randall Grishik for him. So oh, that was that trade. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Blue Jays. So. Yeah. And I think the other problem was they didn't have a big time bat in their lineup, and now they got Ozuna. Yep. So I think Ozuna's in for a huge year. I think Holland's going to have a chance at forty saves. So yeah, I like the Cardinals a lot. 
Um, and yeah, you want me to head, hit up the uh, the winners of each league? Yeah, well, j- yeah, just give me your World Series pick. Who you got World in the World Series, Series pick? Yeah. Oh, so last year I had Astros over D-backs. Yep. This year so you got the champion right. Good job. I did. I did. This year I'm going to go with a repeat, but not the Diamondbacks. I think the Nationals make it. So I think I'm going to go Astros over Nationals in seven games. Because why not? That, that's what uh, Jordan had those two teams. I can't remember who he had winning. I feel like he may have gone with the Nationals. but Yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting. So, so yeah, that's my pick right there. All right, let's do a little bit of – we're going to do this rather quickly. We won't go too long. Let's do. Let's just do a first impressions from the first week. Evan, how much baseball did you watch uh, the first weekend? I watched a – I'd say a fair amount. Um, fortunately, probably watched more Cubs than Sox, but that was really just because of the timing of the game. Um, <laughs> Evan is a White Sox fan. I'm a White so. Sox fan, yeah, and we will win the World Series in 2020. <laughs> Mark my words. <laughs> Playoffs I think next that's year, good. Championship I, 2020. <laughs> I think that's good, though, to have um, you on here because I like I like talking Cubs with outside um outsider perspectives especially yeah. coming from the south side so. right right so yeah. you saw a lot of cubs this weekend i did i watched i watched at least a part of every game i would say okay um, i did i saw yeah i saw about that much too i didn't see sunday because for whatever reason our uh cable wasn't working right okay the channel wasn't working so i was seeing some other games but um you any uh overreactions from the first weekend <laughs> i love Cubs. it i love that everyone's freaking out that they split with the marlins um <laughs> and maybe there is a little reason to worry i mean the pitching did not look good a lot of pressure on the bullpen um schwarber is still schwarber should be in the al i'll just say that right now <laughs> um he had what two errors in that first game well, they weren't ruled errors because he didn't get love on it. Oh, but that's right, yeah. He, he had like, at least yeah. two plays that were clear misplays, and then a third that was a pop-up that some people thought he may have been able to charge in on, but his confidence looked like it may have been lacking a little bit, so he didn't try. It may have been a good thing, though, because if that if he had charged in on it and missed it, then a run would have definitely scored, and that run ended up not scoring, so... Yeah, I I don't know. I he needs to be in the AL in my opinion. I I don't okay. know about you, but I mean <laughs> I I agree with you. Hey, maybe we can flip uh, Shields for Schwarber at the deadline. How's no, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no. But yeah, the Cubs. I don't know. There's no reason to worry. I don't think. I mean, you're five games in, 157 to play still. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know. Like I said, pitching looked a little bad, but other than that, you're you're five games in. It's a long season. It's you know, we just got into April, uh, which is crazy. I thought it was crazy that the season was starting so early this year. It feels like a week yeah. early. Um, it <laughs> is uh, several days earlier than normal. Yeah, I mean the White Sox had a game get snowed out in Kansas City, and then New York was a mess yesterday. So I don't know. I what feel you- like go ahead. So you may agree with me here. Last week, I brought up some of my points of caution and things I worried about with the Cubs, and a big part of that was the power. Do we have? Do the Cubs have too much power? Is there enough consistency in the lineup? And I didn't see 
So I'm not going to overreact from anything I saw this week. I would just say, I mean, I honestly wasn't too shocked by what I saw. I felt like I was reaffirmed in, and I shouldn't say reaffirmed, but the concerns, the preconceived notions I had coming into the year may be warranted. Yeah, I, you know, I could see that. Um, And I don't know, are you, are you concerned with them? You know, are we going to see a lot of, 10 run games like they had and then scoring nothing the next game i mean is that uh, is that just a product of having guys that just that swing i think so yeah. i definitely think so i also i would do a little bit of a different i know it's early and we got a lot of time to figure this out but i would definitely make some changes to the batting lineup okay batting what would you order. change well the first part is you got to get Baez out of the eight spot uh, and here's why. Because the thing with the, having the eight spot is your pitcher's on deck. So if there's one out, runner on second, you're not going to give that eight spot guy anything to hit because you have the pitcher coming up next. Or maybe even two outs. Right? Right. So you're going to pitch around him. You're not going to give him anything good to hit. And the problem with Baez is he's a guy who's going to chase those pitches. He's yep. going to swing at them. So I'd like to see a more disciplined hitter in that spot. Um, whereas I think Baez may suit you a little better or serve you a little better maybe in the two spot because okay. he'll see a lot of good pitches and fastballs and stuff. The other part of that is I think we need to. I think the Cubs need to have a true number two hitter. I'm not in on the idea of Chris Bryant hitting second, and I understand if you have uh, Bryant and Rizzo going two three. Those guys are going to get more at-bats over the course of the season. But I think that, again, the Cubs are going to be better served by having more base runners on base for those guys coming up. Because so those you are ship your... them down. Yeah, I put them at 3-4, and I try to get a true leadoff guy in there, which I can touch on in a second, and then a, a, a two-hitter. I think you got to have two good contact guys to start out the lineup who are going to get on base a lot. Um, maybe they're fast on the base paths, but I mean, you want runners on for your two best players. Oh yeah. And that's the, the thing is the Cubs have had a lot of issues over the last few years. The one being the outlier was the year they won the world series, but the issue of leaving runners in scoring position, right? They did a lot of that this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of that. And that seemed to be a problem a little bit last year. Yep, definitely. So I, I I would drop those guys so that way there are more base runners for them when they hit. Mm-hmm. Seems like an easy fix there. Um, obviously, some of these other issues are a little more deeply rooted. And the last part is I I know he got off to a great start, but I do question Ian Happ as a leadoff hitter. <laughs> just about to ask you about that. <laughs> well, what, what do you think of it? Well, I was just going to ask how you feel about him being in the in – the first spot there is a leadoff hitter. So I think Hap is a great spark plug to have on your team. I think he's a nice Swiss Army knife, high-energy player, uh, can do a lot for you, and has some pop on his bat, is also very fast. And because of that, I think he's a good guy to have off the bench oh. because he's a switch hitter. You can put him in at any spot, really. But really, I think him and Schwarber should be splitting a lot of left field time. I don't think he's a center fielder um, defensively. But 
the big thing is, I mean, he hit the home run, and that's great, but his OBP last year was only 310. And he strikes ever since that at bat, I mean, he went like about 16, 17 plate appearances without a hit after that, um, striking out in 10 of them. And I don't think, I mean, this team, it's a symbol for how big, how dependent this team is on home runs if you're having him leading off. Yeah. It can work out wonderfully for you, like we saw on Thursday. (laughs) But I would rather see, I'd like to see Almora and Zobrist or Lastella, okay. guys like there yeah. in those top two spots, more traditional leadoff and two hitters. Okay. On the days that they're playing. Yeah, I know you really – yeah, you, you like Almora quite a bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm high on him. Yeah. But it's early on. I mean, I'm not, I'm like not going to panic or anything, but I definitely do think some of these concerns are warranted. And you definitely have to wonder a little bit about Lester's velocity. That's – it was down. He was getting hit pretty hard. Um, I think Darvish is going to pitch better than he did, but I did write about how his slider is really key for him, and he wasn't getting that slider going um, in his start, and he got hit pretty hard in that start. So, yeah, I don't know. Not a great start. Right. But, yeah, there's there's time. There's plenty yeah. of time. It's April 3rd. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, do you have any opinions on that stuff? I mean, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the Cubs because we aren't no, going to go I mean, too deep here. And I like – I want to talk some of these other teams too. The one thing I floated out, I did have an idea. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't watch a ton of Cubs. Has, have they tried Hayward as a leadoff guy? Um, I'm sure they have at one point. However, um, he hasn't hit particularly great over the last right. couple of years. But I do think he has the capability – of being a um, a better hitter, he's not a super high OBP guy, but I I wouldn't mind seeing him up a little higher. Yeah, yeah, I think he'd be a cool a, a cool guy to have there. Um, I mean, Hap's Hap's decent right now. I think they really miss Fowler. Yes, a lot. Yes, <laughs> I don't think they realized how much they were going to miss that guy, but. He was huge for them, and I kept saying last year John Jay should have. They should try to put him in that same role. Not that yeah. he's Dexter, but um, yeah, they. I mean, they seems to be the problem a lot of times. It's just being able to yeah get guys on and then drive them in. And I don't know. I I think we'll see. They're they're only five games in. No, I agree with you. I was I was also I wanted the Cubs to bring back John Jay. Yeah. My other concern with them, too, is I think you can have this problem sometimes. Maybe the Cubs have too many guys. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was looking. You know, they got probably 12 guys that could play every day. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's good to have depth, and we'll see what kind of injuries could accumulate. But that is a read that I have that will be interesting to watch for the season. Yeah. I mean, I, Al Moore is a guy that could start all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, even Zobris, he's getting older, but he could still play quite a bit. Yeah, left field. Yeah. And, you know, it, yeah, they do have quite a bit of guys. Well, Stella, I think, could play every day. Yeah, I know, yeah you, I know you like him a, quite a bit. I haven't seen – I haven't paid attention too much to him. Um, but, yeah, he's, he seems to be another guy that could play. Um, yeah, they, they might have too many, but – 
who knows depth is always important and we're only in april and yeah injuries can happen guys can slump who knows yeah so all right well that's enough on the cubs because (laughs) i can easily go and talk about them for an hour so don't want to go down that rabbit hole yeah so uh what'd you see you know this this past weekend who are who who wasn't much of a surprise? Who did you expect to kind of get off to a hot start? And, and what do you what do you think about that? Okay, so taking a look at the standings, I think the two ones, and I, I was thinking coming into the season that actually thinking about this this morning, Evan, there are only a couple of these teams. Like we coming into the season, we're like, all right, these all these divisions look like you have a lock. But I think a case could be made for another team in four of these divisions. Yeah. They're really the only two that I think have a stranglehold of the division right now, and that's the Washington Nationals because of the way how weak their division is um, and how good they are too. Mm-hmm. And then the Houston Astros. Both those teams got off to a blistering hot start. Nationals are four and zero. Houston's four and one, but I, I, I watched, I actually watched a little bit of Washington last week. What'd you, what'd you see in them? Um, well, I saw what I was expecting. Adam yeah. Eaton has played really well. Your He's boy. Player, yeah. Player of the week. Yep. <laughs> Former sock. That's a big get to have him healthy. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be a big difference maker for them this season. I think. Yeah, I agree. You know, he'd be a nice guy to be on the Cubs. Um, well, they got a lot of guys right now, but he yeah. would for that. Yeah, the the leadoff guy, yeah. um, consistency, exactly. Get on base, contact hitter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The teams I watch. So Evan, I am fortunate to have MLB TV. Oh man, MLB extra innings. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I find myself randomly watching specific teams. Part of it is who I pick on my fantasy team. Right. But I've actually watched a few Reds games so far. Yeah? Yeah. I like the Reds. Yeah, I do too. I mean, that they're not so hot right now. They did get the Cubs the other day. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I think they're, they're kind of a sneaky team. No one's talking about them, really. Yeah, and the big question mark with them will be their pitching. Mm-hmm. Pitching hasn't looked too bad so far. Right. Homer Bailey uh, had a nice opening day start for them, I believe. Uh, they got postponed. Um, yeah. Yeah, the first day. And then yesterday, um, what's his name? Yeah, Molly? I was just ask you. Malley? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Tyler Malley. He looked really good. He's a top 100 prospect. I believe Luis Castillo is also a top 100 guy. So they have some young, young pitchers in there, and – I mean, I, if if all goes well and their pitching's okay, they could be a 500 team this year. They could. They could and, also be like the Brewers last year. Yeah. Yeah, they, they could be – I could see them kind of being in contention. I don't know. They could be kind of stuck at all-star break. You know, are we going to try to buy or sell? Um, yeah. I don't know if they have too many pieces. But the one guy yesterday, Mally, I mean, he looked real sharp on the mound. Yeah. So I saw, I saw a couple games – I mean, they got swept by the Nationals, so we shouldn't give them too much love. They're one and three, and that's about what I expect from them. But they're a fun team to watch because they score a lot of runs. Who else were you able to check out? Uh, I watched another team I watched a couple games of was Toronto. Okay. 
Um, I saw Strowman was pitching on Sunday. I know you like I, him. Yeah, I love watching him pitch. He's a lot of fun. And then, um, so that game, they were playing the Yankees, and that was the game that Justin Smoke hit a grand slam. He hit two home runs. He hit a grand slam, and the Yankees blew. Uh, I think they were up 4-3. They ended up losing 7-4. Um, so that, that was a fun game. Yeah, and I think Smoke was the AL player of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Member of my fantasy team. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> So I saw some of that. I saw some different teams playing on opening day. I've probably, Evan, I've probably seen about a third of the teams okay. play so far. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not even a weekend yet. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching a lot. It's easy to uh, watch when you aren't doing a whole lot of work yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but uh, I did see opening day for the White Sox, Matt yeah. Davidson. That was that was fun. Yes, sir. <laughs> Lots of what fun. are reasonable expectations for the White Sox this year, Evan? Uh, right around 500, I'd say. Okay. That's that's what I'm looking for. I think they can finish just over it. Um, if they're, you know, five games over or under 500, I think that's right around their range. It's going to be a tough year, but uh, it'll be fun. There's going to be a lot of prospects coming up, so... And there's already some up right now. Yep, definitely. So, yeah, so a couple other interesting storylines, and then uh, we'll check out for now. Opening day, Twins and Orioles was a pretty cool game. Yeah. Adam Jones, walk-off homer. I love Adam Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jake Odorizzi had a nice opening day start. Lance Lynn did not have a great um, first start on Sunday. But that team looks good. Uh, the Orioles look good. How about uh, Jose Barrios or Barrios? Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah, on the uh, Twins. Yep, complete so, game shutout. Yeah, and the, he had the no-no. Yeah, and they bunted on him. Yeah, but the Twins implemented a shift. Evan, fair or foul, bunting for a hit? Oh, a I mean, I guess you you, you got to stay competitive. Um, you got to try to do what you can. I don't know. I mean, I'd do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was brought up never to do that. That was something you're taught growing up playing baseball. Yeah. But here's where it gets tricky. You can't shift on a guy and then expect him not to bunt. Right. It's a competitive game. Yeah. So if you want to basically by shifting, you're putting him at a disadvantage and then you're, he's not allowed to take that bunt. Yeah. I mean, I think all is fair in love and war there. Yeah. No, I I don't know. I mean, I guess there's something to be said for being respectful. But I'm, a, I'm with the opinion that, I don't know, you should never hand anything over. I mean, the game is never over. We've seen plenty of times where guys have been, you get a guy on base, who knows what can happen. Um, you're trying to win the game, I feel like. That's, that's the whole point. All right, well, well, we disagree there. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a little different. but And then the last one, I'd say the real big story from the weekend was Gabe Kapler, his interesting exchange with the umpires, right? and the Braves manager getting tossed. So basically what happened here, Evan, was uh, Gabe Kapler, who has no managerial experience, not in the minor leagues, has never served as a coach, 
So it was really an odd hiring. A lot of people are question, were questioning it. It's under more scrutiny now for the Phillies. And really what happened was Kapler called on a pitcher who hadn't warmed up yet, then mm-hmm. went out to the mound and tried to stall. And the Braves coach, Braves manager was not happy about this. And he got ejected. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I did not see this, huh? Yeah, and this is something I did not mention. I'm I'm a little, in, I would say, intrigued by the Kapler hiring. Yeah. Um, whereas it's just interesting because he's a controversial figure. He hasn't, I mean, he has no experience. They were really wowed by his people skills, hmm. but that doesn't necessarily make you a good manager. Right. Now that he's already had this big blunder just the first weekend in the town of Philadelphia, I have a feeling that if this team does not do well, fans are going to remember that. Oh, yeah, especially in Philly. Yeah. (laughs) So they'll be looking at it through the lens of, oh, this is the guy who doesn't know how to make a pitching change. Yeah, and it's it's tough on the first weekend having that happen. I got to try to look that up just to see all the craziness <laughs> that went down. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, that's going to be something. So, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know about this hiring. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a big boomer bust. This is either going to, the players are going to buy into it. The Phillies could be a surprise team, or maybe not so much, and he could be out after a year. Yeah. And he's he's younger too, right? So it's kind of a what is he? Yeah, he's probably about forty. Forty something. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was gonna say. So not super young. Yeah, but still. Um, but yeah, there are a handful of guys who are got hired without any managerial experience this past off season. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Any other any other big surprises that you saw, Jack, over the weekend? I would say the 4-0 Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, wow. Surprise. I didn't even um, notice that until I looked up the standings earlier today. <laughs> I did watch some Pirates on Easter Sunday. My uncle was over. He's a Pittsburgh guy. Okay. We were watching the game. But, I mean, I think I think there's an, they're another team. Their upside is to 500. They're, they're not, they might not be a bad team. They have a lot of young talent. But, man, my takeaway was, man, the, the Tigers are really horrible. <laughs> Might be the worst team in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and I Michael Fulmer went eight innings, only gave up about um, – I think he, only, he didn't even throw 90 pitches, I'm pretty sure. He threw eight innings, only gave up a run, and he didn't get any run support, yeah. and he was settled with the loss. Fulmer, as a White Sox fan, I, got, I know how that feels, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough, man. I mean, that's that's a that's a great game out of him. Uh, just just ask Chris Sale. Yeah, <laughs> no run support. Yeah, I saw that. Interesting. I think Milwaukee's come out of the gate pretty strong. They look good. Yeah, uh, they started out three and zero. Lorenzo Cain is he's been balling out too. Yeah. So I mean, hey, they may rethink my wild card predicament. It's still early. Cardinals are a little slow, but yeah, for the most part, I mean. No real overreactions. It's just been a lot of fun having the games back. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's it's nice to have it back, and you got to sport outside again. So that's always a fun time. 
Definitely. All right, Evan, you want you have any other thoughts on baseball or do you want to wrap things up here? We can wrap this up. All right. Yeah. So, Evan, where can people find you on Twitter? <laughs> I'm on Twitter. It's Evan underscore on underscore earth 96. That's my Twitter handle. Um, college, you got a blog? College basketball stuff there. Yeah, I do have a blog. It's uh, emyers 116 dot blogspot.com i believe that's the uh the address for that and yeah be on the lookout i'll be jack mentioned it briefly i'll do the big board coming up here pretty soon for college basketball um and then yeah twitter's gonna be a lot of probably baseball talk basketball talk (laughs) nfl drafts coming up pretty soon here so uh yeah it's a great time for sports you gotta love oh absolutely best time of year so all right. Well, thank you, Evan. I uh, really appreciate having you here. Thanks again, Jack. It's, it's, it's a pleasure as always to be able to be on here and talk some sports with you. Thank you again, Evan. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. You'll be on next week. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. So another great showing from Evan Myers. It was great having him on here. Talk college hoops, wrap things up there, get into golf, and then talk a little bit of baseball. So I had a lot of fun today. I hope you enjoyed listening to this and you had fun as well. Going forward, we are going to be having an NBA show next week, getting into NBA playoffs, hopefully somewhere down the road, talking a little bit of hockey as the Stanley Cup playoffs are about to start. Um, Definitely continued coverage of baseball and maybe we'll, hey, maybe we'll be able to recap a little bit of Masters uh, next week too. So we'll see. Be on the lookout for that. As I mentioned earlier, we are now on iTunes. So subscribe to Press On Sports, and that would be great. I'd really appreciate that. You can follow me on Twitter at Velvita7. That's V-E-L-L-V-I-T-A-7 in addition to that. So I, I on Twitter, I will be tweeting out any new content that we have. You can also follow us on Podbean. Hopefully, we will be releasing podcasts in other places, too, where you can obtain podcasts. I'll be looking into that in the future, but happy to now be on iTunes. So go ahead, give us a subscribe, download uh, some of our episodes, be able to listen to us in the car, on the road, on the train, whatever, no longer having to stream it through the internet. I will drop the link to Evan's Twitter and his blog in the blog post on uh, Viva La Vida. Other than that, I'm good. So now I'm done. <laughs>